This uh, this podcast gets one star because I came too hard and I hurt myself. I, yeah, that happens to me all the time. Yeah, man, those hard comes are so tough. You th- throw you back out. Speaking of which, how's it doing? Back, how's, how's Backwatch? Uh, Backwatch. Back is okay. Back is okay. Back is okay right now. Back ain't bad. Back ain't bad. All right. Welcome to Bundle Buddies, a podcast where we play through the entire H.io bundle for racial justice and equality. My name is Alex Hanek. And my name is Eric Taylor-Roth. And uh, thanks so much for being here. The H.io bundle for racial justice and equality was launched in June 2020 during the massive outcry for racial justice following George Floyd's murder by police. It has 1,741 items from 840-plus creators, and it raised over $8 million. All proceeds were donated to the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund, as well as the Community Bail Fund. Uh, this is episode 10, and we have played 26 of the 1,365 games in the bundle. Thank Ooh, you for joining us. Hi. Slowly getting there. Slowly getting there. Climbing that mountain. One chipping, chipping away. Chipping, refining time. the gem. Refining the gem that is the entire bundle. <laughs> um, I want to apologize to the listeners off the top. I didn't time this correctly, and I have a load of laundry in right now, which is right in the other room. So if you can hear sort of a light, gentle, ambient hum, please... Don't let it put you to sleep. Um, and uh, I apologize for that sound. <laughs> now, you know what? Laundry is important. I did laundry. I did laundry yesterday. We have, we have like, you've seen our laundry setup. It's got to be one of the worst laundry setups in the history of mankind. <laughs> we have to go outside to get the garden hose and attach it to our washer every time we want to do a load of laundry. Um, and it's, uh, <laughs> it really is inhibitive. That's amazing, man. I mean, you guys made it work, especially during like the time we're in right now. You know what? Well, that's sort of what it was. Yeah, we were like, you know, we can't keep going to the laundromat. Uh, Let's do this. Um, But it's getting colder out. And uh, oh, my God, we live in Los Angeles. Don't don't come at me with that. It's getting colder outside. (laughs) I'm less and less inclined. It's at the most 48 degrees or something like that. That's the coldest it gets. You can like shorts weather in Chicago. You want to go out in 48 degrees weather and and to do your laundry? Yeah, I I don't know. And like have your door open all day. 48 degrees is cold inside. Anyway, that's that's all right. Anyway, I look. I came here to say. <laughs> I came here I to didn't say. Didn't mean to get attacked by my friend. I'll tell, I'll say I that came here to off. say tomorrow. Uh, this when this podcast is released tomorrow. So this pod, okay, tomorrow we're releasing this podcast, which is what yes. you are listening to right now. If you're listening so to tomorrow, it, it, our tomorrow is your today. Our tomorrow is your today. So your tomorrow is my friend and number one fan of the podcast, Simon Sportsman's birthday. Happy birthday, Simon. We are going to be playing. We're all going to get on the high seas and play Sea of Thieves. So we'll be goofing goofing around being pirates, shooting cannonballs at strangers. Pirate goofballs. Just a bunch of pirate goofing around. Uh, You playing anything fun? 
Um, I forgot to write down what I was playing, but I have been playing a lot of fun stuff. I started a, uh, I started replaying Breath of the Wild, which oh, that's fun. Yeah, has been really cool. Here's the thing about that game, Eric. It, mm-hmm. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever said that before, but um, no, nah, that's a pretty hot take. I I deleted the old game that I had, uh, which felt like really weird to do, oh, and I'm starting yeah. from scratch, and uh, it's been just like i forgot in the beginning how often you fucking die you're just dying constantly Mm -hmm. trying to be like a good little explorer boy but uh i just keep on dying everywhere so it's been fun to sort of start to grind it out a little bit and get into it i'm having a really good time are you do you have any sort of like different strategies kind of replaying it um i think that this time i'm gonna be in less of a rush to do anything and just like really have a good time exploring and finding shrines and like trying to like track down different nooks and crannies of like the world and stuff like that. Cause mm. I, I feel like that game really encourages quite a bit of exploration, but yeah. it's also very exciting when stuff starts to happen. So it kind of goes hand in hand, but this time I'm just going to play for myself entirely and, and chase down whatever it is I might want to. Nice. That sounds fun. Oh, I'm having a great time. Yeah. I get on my old recumbent bike and play some breath of the wild, having a good time. Oh, that's, that sounds perfect. Yeah. It's, it's a nice little, nice you can, you can, leg buff unfortunately i'm already leg buff it's the rest of my body i have to work on oh so you're doing the recumbent bike uh with your hands yeah exactly and then i'm playing with my feet <laughs> it's full-on beast from the x-men style oh hell yeah <laughs> okay i'm looking at the things that we have to talk about next yeah and i'm just um, gonna sigh because it's time for Simping our guest. You're the best. Uh, our our former guest uh, Joe Garber. He released a short animated film called Philomena uh, on November fourteenth, or rather fifteenth. So yesterday, our yesterday, your two days ago, mm-hmm. uh, we posted it on our Twitter, and it's very very cool. I don't I don't think Eric's watched it yet, but I encourage. Uh, the, there's no way he would could have watched it because I just told him about it in this right here moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not Joe, watched it. Joe's an incredible animator and illustrator, and it, he I think drew all of it, and it just looks fucking awesome. And Sweet, it's very very cool. Um, Philomena, it's spelled a little different, but that's my niece's name. Oh, that's so cool. After mm-hmm. the uh, the movie, yeah, they named her after the movie. The movie about it's An like old estranged woman. parents, yeah, something yeah. like that, yeah. <laughs> No, it's like um, a, it's like a Catholic name, and uh, her mom is Catholic. Oh, perfect. Well, that's the per- best way to end. Simp in our guest. You're the best. <laughs> Stupid. I so, hate it so much. It, and w- with that, well, let's talk about uh, this uh, specific episode. Uh, our guest this week is Christopher Guerrero. Uh, Chris is a director, producer, filmmaker based here in Los Angeles. Uh, you can find out more information about his website: www.christopher. Guerrero, which is G-U-E-R-R-E-R-O.com. Um, uh, it's great. He's also Eric's neighbor, which is, is very yeah, And a very good friend. A very, oh, very, very good friend. Tremendous guy. Friend, collaborator, uh, friend, laborator. Chris wanted us to highlight Border Angels, a nonprofit organization that advocates for human rights, humane immigration reform, and social justice. Uh, the organization is focused on attempting to reduce the number of fatalities along the U.S.-Mexico border by educating and assisting communities on both sides of the border. Services include free immigration and employee rights consultations. Um, 
educational programs, water drops in the desert, day labor outreach, and caravans of love to Tijuana to support any uh, migrants when they are in need. Uh, find out more about them at borderangels.org. Uh, we've donated to them. Uh, if you donate and send proof to bundlebuddiespodcast at gmail.com, we'll give you a shout out on the show. Um, Sweet. Awesome so what organization. You do if you uh, engage with the organizations that we're plugging. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, this episode is fantastic. Chris is great. I really liked talking to him about video games. Let's go. Uh, hello, uh, Chris. Thank you so much uh, for being here. Um, who are you? What do you do? Let's let's get a little. Yeah. Let's just <laughs> just rock with us, do? my man. Chris. Well, uh, my name is Christopher Guerrero. Hi, I go Chris. by Chris. Hi, Chris. I go by Chris. Uh, so you better be calling me C Dog. Yeah. My my boy C Dog on the line. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, you can call me Chris. It's fine. Um, I I do a lot of directing. I do a lot of writing. I do a lot of producing. I kind of wherever the money is, that's where I try and go right now <laughs> because that it is the hardest thing to be doing in this. Uh, uh, the thing that shall not, the event that shall not be named. Uh, which one? There's Elections. <laughs> uh, Chris, uh, everybody who's listening, Chris is my neighbor. Chris is right through the wall over there. We're good buds. If I scream loud enough, he'll hear it. Yes, let's I'm- try it. Can we try it? I want to see. I can hear you. Chris and I, Chris and I have lived next door to each other for a few years. Chris went to college with uh, my wife Camille, and so I met him through that. So we've been friends for a while now. But Chris and I, there's there'll be times where I'm in the hallway and I'll ask Camille a question about what I should wear, and Chris will answer <laughs> through the wall. Oh, that's I good. know, I know his voice. <laughs> and then there's also times where I wake up in the morning and I can hear Chris snoring. Oh yeah, it's bad. Uh, really working on it guys that's a beautiful thing i also yeah. snore and uh katie doesn't love it she started wearing uh noise canceling headphones to bed <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that's smart that's her world um okay wait chris we're gonna get to into video games in a second but there's a thing sure. that i think is kind of interesting that you've been doing during quarantine and that is uh directing some commercials would you talk about that just it's totally separate from bundle buddy's style but i feel like this is such a strange thing and it's very specific to our moment and it may disappear or it may become the new normal for directing yeah tell us Um, about a couple of these things so i've i mean all the work that i've gotten this year and it's weird because in other years, the work has not been around very much. And then suddenly this year, when there was no work, all of a sudden work pops up and it's sort of like, oh, yeah, you, you can work. But as long as you're on Zoom and away from everybody. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so that's kind of been my niche right now is directing over Zoom. Um, and it's and it's. And it's crazy because it'll be some. Sometimes it'll be like very small things, like a game show, with like kids, <laughs> and then you know the real directing is happening on the part of the parents, and so you're like talking, trying to talk to the parents to help with the kid. It's like directing has become like it becomes a thousand times harder 
but also you have absolutely no control over it. <laughs> um, so it's 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 like herding cats on Zoom. Oh my god! <laughs> so it's like not only are you hurting cats, but you're hurting it over Zoom, and and wow, I mean, it's just a, it's a crazy time. Um, the the stress levels of that are very high. So I I mm. sort of hope that it doesn't continue to be that way sorry my man you are the zoom guy moving yeah. forward and here we are again over zoom and now i have to direct you guys please <laughs> i'm desperate for some direction yeah. my life is completely aimless i've been playing video games for a podcast for the last six months <laughs> but also the the worst thing about it though, i mean it's great actually that i have a job and i, I have yeah. to say that first that totally having money right now is is great and to actually be doing something that i love to do is amazing and that's great but then you get down to the brass tacks <laughs> and you know it's funny because i i've never met any of these people that i've directed mm. you know, oh, yeah. also you know like the my bosses or people who are working with like i've never met these people in real life and it's it's just sort of that's just never happened like I've, totally. like I've never started a job and just been oh yeah I, I don't know who you are i just have to believe that you are this person ironic that this is sort of your dream job in some mm -hmm. ways right it's like you've been working so hard to get to this point and this is the culmination of all your hard work and effort is this dystopian like mind like you almost are like Oz, I imagine. Yeah, to these people. yeah. Like this wizard on a computer telling people what to do, coordinating. They don't, see my, they don't even see my face typically because I'm usually on a mic inside the room. I can see them; they can't see me. Oh God! And um, <laughs> oh my which, God! Yeah, yeah, which is crazy, and that's unbelievable. And it, it's it, it's cool. It's like I can say, oh, like one of the projects was with, um, Mich uh. Vanessa Michelle, Bayer, Michelle, Michelle Bayer, Michelle Bayer. Why am I? I'm screwing this up. Oh, how, Wayne Brady. There it is. Wayne Brady. <laughs> and <laughs> I also get Vanessa Bayer and Wayne Brady confused. <laughs> no, both of them. No, both of them. But I'm, 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 I'm going to specifically talk about Wayne Brady. So, like, you know, it's Wayne Brady. He's, uh, you know, everybody knows Wayne Brady. And and it's like, wow, this is such a really exciting thing. And it really was. But Wayne Brady has no idea who I am. But I was telling <laughs> Wayne Brady what to do. He Crazy. doesn't know what I look like. He, he just hears this, like, voice off in the distance to tell him to do things. And then he does it. And it's, so, yeah, it's like Oz. It's like I'm God now. Totally. But I'm like God without the benefits. Like God, that, like typically people know God, you know, I feel. <laughs> yeah. You accept him in your heart, but people haven't accepted me yet. So. All right. that So that's like a little side. I just wanted to get that little side mission out there. Sure. That Chris has been doing this wild, crazy thing. But Chris, let's go back. Can you Can you tell us about your introduction to video games. What's what's the earliest game you can remember playing? You know, it's... So video games is... It, I have a really bizarre connection with video games. Because when I never had what typical kids would have as video games, I always had a computer. Okay. Um, I, never, I never was allowed to have game consoles. Uh, we didn't actually even... When I, was, when I was born, we didn't even have a TV. Nice. Which is wild. 
Um, it was like, I don't, I think my earliest recollection of when we had a TV was it was an old black and white television, like 12 inches, like huge, like one of those like monoliths. Like uh-huh. the, the screen wasn't big, but the whole cat, like it was, it came in a cabinet. Wait, you had a computer? It's like a, it's yeah. Like a piece of furniture. Exactly. It was a piece of furniture, but I had a computer. My dad bought the original Macintosh oh, back wow. in 1984. And he must be a millionaire now. It's, he's, he's, I wish. Man, <laughs> he didn't buy the stock. That was his big problem was he bought the computer, he didn't buy the stock. Didn't get the stock. Not to yeah. buy the stock. Gotta buy the stock. <laughs> And that's why I tell them now. I we actually I, I was just hanging out with my parents. Wait, okay, wait, no. no. <laughs> what video game? What's your first video game? <laughs> okay, it was this game called Crystal Quest. Oh, sure. Do you have you do you guys remember this game? You ever play this game? I don't think I ever played it, but I've certainly heard of it. As it's like it's one of those like early floppy disk or Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that's I guess that's what my my crazy logic was coming back to this idea that like Every single game, like, I feel like a lot of kids, their first memory of video games is blowing on a cartridge and trying to get, make sure that that cartridge is working. Oh, yeah. And for me, it was like, oh, no, did I accidentally put that floppy on top of the microwave and now, you know, <laughs> or like near a magnet and now like yeah. that game that I bought is completely gone. What's uh, What was Crystal Quest like? So Crystal Quest is a very, I mean, it's a platformer type game, right? So uh-huh. what, what you are is a tiny like UFO, and it's and, and it's done using a mouse, which is really like wonky. And so you like you come out, it's like a two dimensional game like Pong or something, uh-huh. and you come out of this sort of gateway, and then there's all these crystals that you have to go get with your tiny circular little guy and then out of two out of the two sides there's a holes where aliens come out of and so you're trying to gather the crystals get your crystals get away from the get, aliens get away from the aliens and then once that's all done in the level then another gateway opens up and you have to go through that top gateway without crashing into it so it's like you do all this thing and then you could fight off all the aliens, but if you don't get through the last bit, you're like Doesn't screwed matter. for that Forget level. <laughs> and I remember playing for, I would play for hours and hours and hours and hours after school because my dad had like another Mac at, because my dad was a teacher. I should have said that. So my dad was a teacher. I, a lot of my video first video games were at school. When I was Math blasters. Uh, Selling blasters. We had, um, my grandma got gave us a our first computer i think was my grandma had like gotten it at an auction from her church and uh so it was like an old you know floppy disk something and my my parents had no idea what to do with it but i was able to play a couple games like um arkanoid the one where you've got like the little base at the bottom and a little ball bounces on it yeah that's such a great game and i played that game for hours and hours and hours there's nothing like that sort of like early fixation on a game that is like at its core kind of silly and there's no real reason why our brains latch on to these kinds of things but like you get so obsessed with like 
for whatever reason, this set of like sounds and textures and visuals just like does it for me and I need to figure it out. And I remember that being one of those early games of me just being like, I need to, you know. That, the Arkanoid is a game that I absolutely adore. I think for me, that's like, it's probably not in my like top 10 games, but it's certainly one of those ones that is just so pleasant and the conceit is so fun. They just yeah. do that. I think the story is that like it's in the distant future, and there, there's like a person powering the little thing, and it goes like, <laughs> "It's that's so dumb, you know." Like we 100% don't need that. It can just exist as that is. But there's other there's because that's one of those games that sort of like Tetris that's been repackaged in so many different ways over the uh -huh. years. Yeah, and in one of them, someone like hops in like at the beginning of the level or something like that. That's funny. Imagine Tetris being like. Uh, okay, each one of these blocks has a little person powering it, and they need to get these Tetris pieces all together. Like, what well, is it? Like, what is well, this game where, like, a little ball is falling, and a dude is like, I gotta block this ball! Well, it's, it's like how they make the, the video game movies. Like, because they are oh, making it. Yeah. They're making a Tetris movie. Oh, my like, God. That's happening. That's... I mean, they made a Battleship movie, and it's like... I could see that. You can, maybe, yeah, maybe you can see that, but Tetris? Like, no, I can't. I don't, know. don't wake daddy, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, yeah, video games have yet to really... I, I feel like there are a couple examples of video games that have been turned into movies like Tomb Raider, right, or Resident Evil. But it's so funny that there is this sort of massive IP that just has not been touched yet i remember like jj abrams or somebody was trying to do a grand theft auto movie for a while and that never really happened i don't know what it is well, about video the, games the first i think the, i mean for some reason in my head i'm gonna go look at like a list of video game movies because i was like someone did it right recently but the first series i saw that did it right was the witcher that's the first video game uh, and, yeah. and that's because it's based on a book first and right like, really about like this massive fantasy story than it more than it is like adapting gameplay for this thing. Camille loves The Witcher. She we watched The Witcher and she was like, uh, you know, there was a light in her eyes whenever Henry Cavill came on the screen, and I, that was. What do you just, think that light was? Uh, she wants to fuck The Witcher. Camille yeah. is, is horny for The Witcher, and it's funny to watch the thing with your significant other where you're just like. <laughs> like uh-huh okay so i'm looking at a list and i feel like some of these recently have been better okay sonic the, he sonic the hedgehog was a good all right movie. so here's the thing camille wants to fuck sonic the hedgehog <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well eric i'm uh, disappointed to hear you say that because you and i both saw an incredible video game movie a couple of years ago uh rampage oh <laughs> I, <laughs> that movie was the so baby with the rock delightful you know what we saw it god Movie theaters may not come back, but no. we saw it in one of those AMC, like, lean back in your couch mm. chair, you know, get, like, a nice meal. <laughs> that was a great experience. I had a good time at Rampage. I so was Chris... working for The Rock at that time, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> right before that movie came out, because um, it was the same time as, like, Skyscraper. Remember that movie? Yeah. Yeah. There was a preview for it in Rampage. Yeah. It was, like... And at the time, I was like, hey, I'm here for a skyscraper. I'm just here for the rock in general. Yeah, just bring him in. Put him in anything. I think I think they, they could make a Rocket League movie, and I would love to write a Rocket League movie where it's like it's like a, a you know, 
a sports, like a NASCAR kind of, or a soccer movie, but it's about guys that get into cars that flip through the air. <laughs> in the future, sports just, has been replaced by Rocket League. Rocket League is all. I'm just saying Ted Lasso, Rocket League crossover. Oh, just like a really kind. Like... Yeah. <laughs> He's the coach of this rock. He, he gets out of soccer and he gets into Rocket League. <laughs> Make really the next sh- pass. It's like somebody cryogenically freezes Ted Lasso. <laughs> I, w- I would love it if that that as a character he just became like it, they, they didn't try to do the math of it he would just show up at different points in history you know what i mean it would just be there you know? that show is so good i, I like I, it a lot I agree. i've watched it all the way through twice now and i don't yeah. know <laughs> so chris to get good. back to your point about a computer gaming it's interesting because that's a distinction that we have not really made very much on uh the show but you know the difference between uh computer gaming and uh console gaming in general for us i think it's just a big lump of video games like we're all just little video game freaks here which you know the purists out there have been after us for since that first episode oh they hate us because we both of us are like little console console kids yeah boys yeah and yet this episode the show is about uh entirely uh computer gaming things that we have played when we're reviewing the games (laughs) so it's an interesting disconnect um but uh okay so crystal crystal um quest crystal 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 meth quest was your first game that you really played a lot of uh were there other things on the on that first macintosh that you really gravitated towards or did did you go into hibernation for a while until oh oh you know gaming for me it's interesting because you know you guys grew up with console gaming and for me Mm -hmm. like i was strictly computer gaming and you know that the next evolution of that is a couple of things uh real-time strategy games like Uh console real-time strategy games on console terrible you guys play a lot yeah i mean yeah i played uh, really red play alert them. on console and it's like it's yeah it's trying to fit a square peg in a round hole yeah there's a game called ogre battle that was on snes that is the closest thing they came to it and uh it was a, that was an interesting game it's it's a really really strange but it's it's pretty fun in general like a lot of it's fun but it doesn't quite work i mean yeah. even right now i'm so i've been playing arc with my buddies and it's definitely a game designed for computer that has cross-platform with xbox and i feel just at like a very strong disadvantage because i'm trying to use a controller to do what a keyboard can do very easily yeah uh what was your what's like your first strategy game uh i believe my first strategy game was probably world uh warcraft oh sure so um warcraft one i also remember my see i also had a macintosh so i was at a very disadvantage oh yeah you know in the 90s and i remember the, though the first time i ever saw real-time strategy of the game being played was dune i don't know if you guys played the original dune no in the 90s it was basically a strategy game that was all based on dune yeah. so you were like different factions of dune and on arrakis and you were like fighting big battles which actually honestly i I'm I'm surprised that they haven't remade that yeah, game. Yeah, it's it's an interesting. I mean, that game too. There was a lot about it. Like you would build things and not be able to control them a lot of the time, mm-hmm. which I I always got frustrated by when I would like watch people play it. Be like, wait, you build like this this airship and then you're not supposed to do anything with it. It just makes sweeps over the sky for you, mm-hmm. so that you don't get fucked up by other things. It was a strange game. I mean, because yeah. that evolution, they they bought that IP, and I think it was. 
I guess it was like originally uh, Westwood Studios was that company. Mm-hmm. And then they did Command and Conquer, which was like, I mean, huge for me as a kid. Um, land parties, you know, that was like. Oh, yeah. Did you do that? Did you go to. Oh, yeah. I never, okay. I, never I never did a land party. I Well, it was always like my friend, we would, we the, the reason why we'd have land parties is my dad was a teacher, my mom was a teacher, and we would go and sneak, like my mom would just open up her classroom or open up the computer lab and we'd go in and we'd install Command and Conquer and oh, get like fun. 10 guys in there and we'd battle each other all weekend long. That's great. It was cool. Teachers um, but rule. Teacher, teachers rule. You can like just, let me tell you. Teachers are freaking Man, great. They're great. They're cool. They're our dads. <laughs> they should make Dune. Oh, yeah. City Builders. Yeah. What's that? Is that like early Sim City? Yeah, Sim City. Um, Sim City, Sim Farm, Sim. Oh God, I Power. Feel, I loved those games. I don't think Me we've too. talked about the Sim games yet, but no, I. No, we haven't. Sim City, I had such a fun time playing that stupid game i built cities for hours and hours oh yeah and then like it's then you get to do the classic thing where you just like destroy them with an alien attack or whatever yeah or i would have like an avalanche hat like i would just like create natural disasters and be like let's see if my city infrastructure can deal with this (laughs) (laughs) um but also sim tower was so fun too um one of my favorite parts about Sim Tower is like it's like a really fast clock that's going, yeah. and then a tiny little Santa Claus flies over the top of the tower mm-hmm. every Christmas. Yeah, every Christmas, and like you can see on your little distant map, there's like a tiny little red dot going across, and you're like, "What is that? <gasps> it's Santa Claus." There was also I... a really vibrant uh, modding community with Sim Tower, and oh. you could get like, I remember scouring the inter- the, the early interwebs and getting. Uh, like mobster and gangster elements that could be uh, added to the game. Fun. That's cool. Yeah. That's great. I, I always thought it was so weird in that game you could put like a bowling alley on the fifteenth floor or whatever. You know? They just like <laughs> yeah. they, they'd just be stuff in these massive towers where I'd be like, I've never seen that. I suppose <laughs> you could do that. Yeah. Uh yeah, or like a movie theater in the middle of it. I yeah. Exactly. I I remember the elevators being so difficult in that game like i feel like the main point of um difficulty or conflict in those video games were just elevators and it was like how do you design elevators to take people up and down these floors and now whenever i'm in a building that has really shitty elevators i think about like sims sim tower and the development (laughs) of these things and how actually like it's a complicated mathematical question like how do you design the perfect elevator well i I, every time i go in there's a building in downtown la that has three elevator systems that you need to take up to get (laughs) to the top of it Uh, it's the one with it's the perch building have you guys ever been Mm -mm. in the perch building well, in the Perch Building downtown, that place was built probably in the late 1800s. Anyway, I used to work out of it, but you can't get to the up certain floors with certain elevators. <laughs> Only certain elevators would allow you to get to certain floors. It, but that's like a total Sim Tower thing you got to do. Because otherwise and, you got people on the elevators that are trying to get all the way up, and you're like, no, you can't go all the way up. Also, bathrooms. Yep. Anyway, that's my... <laughs> <laughs> 
shower. We can uh, talk also about all <laughs> Chris, what uh, what are you playing right now? Oh man, so I just this actually kind of comes goes full circle in the next thing I was going to talk about, which is flight simulators. Oh. Um, I I was really obsessed with this game called F sixteen when I was a kid because my uncle had it and he had one of those flight controller sticks and i just had to have one and i remember <laughs> saving up for an entire year and buying like the top of the line one that's fine it was it had like a throttle <laughs> i mean as a kid like when you're a 10 year old that thing is it's just such a cool thing to have yeah and then but like fi flight simulators as a 10 year old are not as cool as you think they would be <laughs> but what did come out at that time, and it had already been out on PC, was like X-Wing and TIE Fighter. I don't know if you yeah, guys ever played those games. Those games fucking are radical. And they, they were. They were really fucking radical. And I just downloaded the new Star right. Wars Squadrons. Mm -hmm. And uh, that game is so cool. Like, it's... And the fact that you can do a multiplayer... Like, it's everything I ever wanted as a kid in a Star Wars flight simulator type game, or like to be a pilot. You know, it's like mm -hmm. when you're a kid, when you watch Star Wars, the coolest thing about it was those fucking dogfights, man. So yeah. I don't know if I can curse. Uh, no, but you can't, Freaking. you can say fuck, but you can't say dogfights. Okay. Good. <laughs> you gotta, I, you know, yeah, you gotta use more, uh, to, we don't want to pr promote war. It is sort yeah. of interesting, like, especially with the X-Wing and TIE Fighter games. I played a lot of that. I, I did my fair share of PC gaming growing up. At, I We had a computer at one point, but I, I was much more focused on consoles. But for X-Wing and TIE Fighter, I don't know if you've played it or, like, look at them recently, but they look like absolute dog shit. Oh, now. yeah, they're bad. But at the time, it was like, wow, these graphics are it was, unbelievable. It was, actually, it was actually 3D. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. Mm -hmm. For like 1995 to have a 3D game. Um, it was nuts. And also, LucasArts was talk about like making some of the most underrated games of all time. I don't know if you guys have ever played like Day of the Tentacle or Full Throttle or no. Dig. No, they're all these point and click adventure games that are just. I high if I'm if if I plug one game, some old game that no one's ever played. It's called The Dig. And okay. It's, about, it's amazing. And I think you can you can get it on Steam. The dig, um, the dig, or Grim Fandango. Oh, I remember man, Grim Fandango. Was, I played a little a cool bit of game. the Tentacle, but those games required like a level of problem solving that I I wasn't really willing to engage with them quite as much as you needed to be able to back then. Yeah, I you know it's funny I actually didn't even get into them until I was probably in high school too. Oh, like cool. I had those game. I bought them when I was a kid, and I never played them. And then I remember one summer something happened maybe like i hurt myself and i was stuck inside for a while and uh what's that really what's the what's the dig what is it what's it oh, like oh man I'm, I'm i've got it pulled up right now this game looks fucking rad it is it is one of the coolest games and it's also like it's psychological horror okay so what are you doing yeah so what happens in the game is that you're an astronaut and um this asteroid is about to hit Earth. So it's kind of got this like deep impact uh, uh -huh. Armageddon vibe to it. Yeah. But when the asteroid's about to hit Earth, it just stops. Okay. And you're the astronaut team sent up to investigate. And um, what happens is secretly another astronaut uh, has been given 
the uh, the order to blow it up, but no one else knows. Oh, okay. So he's uh, he's there. You're sent to investigate. One of the people actually is carrying a portable nuclear device, and you don't know it. You think it's just like a robot helping you, and you end up putting it there. You guys kind of get out, and then when they detonate it, it turns into a like underneath this rock is actually a spaceship, and it's a message that was sent to our planet to tell us something and take us back. But the the explosion causes it to capture all the people around it and take it with you. So you go back to the home, like the origin of the home planet of this, this like spaceship. And then you're sort of like left there to try and figure out what happened to this alien civilization that just disappeared. So like a cliche plot, <laughs> one that it's we've like, seen a million times. It, it, <laughs> it's like 1996. <laughs> you know, this is like a 19, this game came out in 1996. I believe it was based on a book. I and love that. It sounds like one of those things, like a total lost classic movie of like, yeah. oh, you've never heard about this. It's well, completely flopped, it, was supposed, but it, was... it was supposed to be made by um, Spielberg. Like if you, mm. if you find the video game was of, or the movie was the movie. So, so what happened was this book, this book was written. Spielberg got the rights. Lucas got the rights to make a video game of it. And so yeah. he was supposed to make a movie of it in the nineties. And I think he got caught up with something else. But if you play the game, it's like the game isn't at all what you expect it to be. And I don't want to ruin it. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds awesome. And it's a really cool game. And it's and it's a very, like, nuanced character piece, too, with all these, and like, really great voice acting. And anyway, it's a great game. Nice. Um, it's not something that you would expect to exist. Like, it's not, like, nowadays, no one would ever play that game. Sure, know? yeah, but, but uh, nobody would ever play a lot of games that we play on this. Podcast. Yeah, most. Yeah, the I, podcast, I, I, yeah, I beg to I beg to differ with you uh, that no one would play it. We would play. We would be forced <laughs> to play it. Just well, put it in this bundle. Sneak I, it in but, this bundle. I'll play it. And and it's got one of those stories that haunts me too. So like, I keep trying to figure out how to include elements of the story in whatever I personally am working on. Um, as a media creation person, so how, how does anyway. that affect you for when you're directing commercials via Zoom, children specifically? <laughs> what else so, of the dig are you including? You're like, so, okay, just imagine that Wayne Brady has a nuclear bomb in his pocket. Yeah, <laughs> and he's trying to like, oh no, like it's a secret, right? It's a secret. Your character <laughs> lots has a of secret. secrets. Yeah, lots of secrets. Your character is a secret, and he's on the dig. <laughs> um, Chris, what's a, what's your what's like an all time favorite game? All-time favorite game. Is it the dig? Oh, is that is that what we're, we're I mean, going yeah, with? Yeah, we, we did we did hit the dig, which is great. But any oh, others? Dig. Oh, what is my favorite game? Oh man, I keep. I... You can it's also give us three or none. You can say. Okay, pass. I'll give you. Th- I'll give. I'll give you three. I say dig. Dig is up there. Yeah. Because it haunts me, not because it's the best game of all time, <laughs> but because it haunts me. Yeah. Um, I was. Oh, that's. The echo, can you? I don't know. Yeah, can you hear the dogs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our neighbors neighbors got dogs. They like Um, the bike. See, the dig, I'd also say um, probably one of the Command and Conquer games. Great. Just because I spent so much time as a kid playing those games. Yeah. And then the third is it's probably a toss up between uh, Skyrim and Fallout 3. 
because I also spent <laughs> I thought so you were about much... to say Fallout Boy. I don't know yeah. why my brain is in this like <laughs> I was like certain, a hundred percent certain he's going to say Fallout Boy. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it. Uh I love Skyrim. I've actually never played Fallout, but I've heard that they're great games. Um it's just I, the reason I say those games is because it, it's sort of you get sucked when when a game sucks you into a story or a plot and you spend so much of your time in it. You know that's how I know the game is good at what games do, which is getting you to play the game. Yeah, sure. You know? And that, I think that's why I'd say those. Yeah, games. Skyrim has been a big. Uh, that, that's a, a benchmark game for both myself and Eric. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that game. Uh, fantastic. Is it time? It's time. Oh, Let's it move into uh, the bundles. <laughs> Okay, folks, uh, this week we played three games. Uh, they were Dogs Throwing Swords 2, Three Bucks to Win, Bleed 2, and The Last Librarian. Uh, where should we start? I could only play two of them, unfortunately. I wasn't able to play The Last Librarian. It wasn't available. On oh, Hannah, you would have loved, loved The Last Librarian. I know. Librarian. You texted me, and then I was taking a deeper look at it. I was like, yeah, this is exactly my shit. This is the sort of thing. Yeah, this is the, I feel like this is the game that really got me playing. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's, talk, let's start there. That's, that's a great, great yeah. place to start. Um. So the last librarian. Last librarian. It's an action. It's an adventure game. Uh, with elements of action, adventure, exploration, open world, pixel art. Uh, it's developed by Cloaked Games. Um, the description is: the world of Rasara is haunted by the ancient past. Grand civilizations fell to the iron fist of the Kithan Empire. Oh fuck! I'm already so into this. People <laughs> suffered. But while the empire fell over one thousand years ago, the guardian who protect the guardians who protect Rosara are dwindling. They are the librarians, the guardians of ancient knowledge and history, protectors of the eight magic spell books. Well, fuck! I'm so into this, which were originally used <laughs> by evil to conquer Rosara. In the last librarian, you play as Randall, who was thrust suddenly into his role as a librarian when his grandfather is slain by an undead monster. God damn! You must unseal the spells buried deep in well guarded libraries in order to defend Rosara once again from tyranny. Oh my god, I'm so yeah. pissed I couldn't play this. So it's definitely got that um like early Nintendo Zelda kind of thing going for it, right? Where you're, it's sort yeah. of top-down RPG, you're wandering around, but the the battles are happening in real time, right? You've got like little blobs hopping around. You've got little bushes that animate and you got to fight them and you're swinging your sword. You got your boomerang, you got your spells. Um and it was like a hundred percent as soon as I started playing it and like I was like oh this is so much up on its alley uh it's also got like really fun puzzles in it too like the game design is pretty solid I I want I want to know how many people worked on this game because I was kind of blown away by the detail and the amount of writing that would have had to gone into this and just the music when you open up the game it's like you know you forget how with how much time goes into making these things, and uh, how many yeah how many people made this game? That was my big first question, mm-hmm. which I probably could figure out if I did click on cloaked games and go there <laughs> and, and ask the question. But uh, it was a cool game. Yeah, uh, I, so it's 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 definitely fun. And then, then there's this element to it that I think, like, the fact that you're a librarian 
and you're like that the fantasy thing is like let's make you a librarian there's something about it that's a little like <sighs> i don't you know like it's like it's almost not enough for me that we pl- that we're playing a game that feels like a very tight recreation of like a zelda type game does that make sense mm-hmm. like it's like okay cool you remade zelda and then like we're calling this sort of like aspect librarians like i'm like there's a thing about there's a thing about that that i'm like what like yeah i don't know like what is the what's the thing like why it reminds me of that that tnt show the librarian (laughs) it felt felt like this like it kind of felt like a a bad tnt knockoff (laughs) of you know of zelda Though the thing is, is that they put in so much time and effort to make this game. Yes, you know, which is cool, but they also like didn't really go past the the librarian. Part, I know? mean, the, there's also this. I think we've talked a little bit about like role playing games having that sort of like turn based element, and then the actual action adventure element. And there's something that's always been like fundamentally frustrating me to me about top down um action like battle mechanics and fighting and stuff like that right like where i have to try to orient my sword Mm -hmm. correctly to like try and hit the blob but it's like it's in the top left corner and i don't quite like there's there's something to me about the directionality um that that has always just been a little aggravating right like as we're playing blobs and stuff and fighting them in this thing i've i get frustrated by having to like swing a sword at a thing that's top down and it, and that's that's like a separate thing where like i know some people would be really frustrated if it was like you know pause and then we go into like a turn-based kind of pokemon sort of fight battle style um, but I always just get a little like, ah, like I get frustrated because I can't like smack this blob. Right. And then I lose a quarter of a heart and I just feel like it's like, ah, oh, I might as well just start over right now. I lost yeah. a quarter of a heart. I guess that's, you know, it's, it's funny. It's like that evolution of what this game is, you know, feels like, you know, Diablo. That's basically mm-hmm. that kind of direct connect where you have this top down, then 3D. They tried to fix that with by using a mouse. To yeah. Yeah. Which usually works better, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I got, I got, I got killed. So the part that I got to, okay, the boomerang stuff. There's boomerang stuff with puzzles, and that's like fucking clutch, like incredible game design, puzzle design. You know, kudos. I think I've also complained about like um, randomly generated, you know, roguelike sort of levels, and I think that like roguelike levels lose the well-crafted puzzle level elements i think like uh the last librarian very good puzzle craft in near rpg well done Mwah, chef's kiss you have to like throw this boomerang and you can keep the boomerang in the air by holding it and then like move to a different location and the boomerang comes back directly to you but like you have to move like move yourself yeah. to get the boomerang to come back and flip switches and then it's like that's so fun. That's like a really cool, well done thing. You know, like I'm sitting here going like, this is a little too much like Zelda. Like what's, <laughs> what else do you have? And that is like, I thought, I thought really smart, good game design. So I should, you know, shut my mouth a little bit here. 
I, I mean, I think that's where they evolved it, which I thought was really cool. But yeah. then again, you know, as a game that's only top-down, it, it felt like they could have added some more crazy mechanics. Yeah, more crazy mechanics or, a, like, more... Um... You know, like there's something, right? Like you're in this fantasy world. There's the skull demon, and then like you're trying to be a librarian. Like I don't know. There's something like what is? It makes sense. Yeah. What kind of? What if I told you guys this was made by one guy? Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would say that I would agree. Well, with then that. we can come up with something yeah. that's different than a librarian. How about firefighter? Last. <laughs> The last civil engineer. What if this person bended air? And they were the last. Ah, <laughs> uh, bend it, bend air. Uh, it's yeah, it's cool. I I don't yeah, I, yeah. It, it reminds me a lot of games in the '90s where there were. I would go like I would go to these like. Uh, you know, whenever there was like a Barnes and Noble or whatever, as a kid, I would go there and I would always go to the programming section and like look at these like programming books and like, oh, hey, let's build an RPG and here's the software to do it. Uh-huh. And there was all these like freeware softwares to build your own RPG. Yeah. And you could like make the sprites and do all the things. And it kind of feels like a little bit of that, which is great. I mean, I think if you can come up with a really compelling story and the funny thing is, is like Pat getting past that librarian thing, there were a lot of really cool elements, like yes. a lot of cool, well done story things. And then it's like, then he says librarian. Yeah, no, I'm ragging on the librarian thing just because I, I can't. It's I'm, absurd. I, I don't, I, that's the thing that got me to <laughs> is like the librarian. Like It's like, it's also, also the inverse of like, remember in, the nineties when you would go to like a blockbuster or a Funko land and you, and you would look at the covers and all these games would be called like, like, like friction X star shooter. Right. And the covers would look so cool. And then the games would be so boring. This would have like the <laughs> opposite element to it where it's like the last librarian. And you're like, why would I ever purchase a game called the last librarian? Would I like, could like purchase like super dragon slayer 20,000. Uh, and then like super dragon slayer 20,000 and the last librarian would have exactly the same gameplay to it. And like, look almost exactly <laughs> the same. You guys have been, had your brains poisoned by Sega's marketing in the early nineties. <laughs> like uh, you know, our, our brand new logo has definitely the Sega. Yeah, right. <laughs> It also reminds me of like games like Leisure Suit Larry, where it was like, "Ooh, it's rated adult." Uh, <laughs> like, I can't. Oh, I, I it's I shouldn't play that game, and then you play it, and it's like the most mundane, not that sexy game, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, it's adult because you're going to work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, should we get to? Should we do the our final our final thoughts on it? Yeah. What do you guys think? Is it a pass or play for you? I I. Uh, personally would love to play this i'm planning on getting putting together some kind of pc gaming solution sometime in the next few weeks or maybe months or something like that and then i'm, I'm gonna check this one out for sure but yeah, what about you guys the you can run this in wine you can rub this in wine chris oh, you great. go for it yeah i'd say i'd say play it i say play uh with this game uh i would say play it at least you know for like 30 to 40 minutes and see if it's your type of game mm-hmm because I think this is a specific game for a specific type of person. If you like Zelda e stuff, 
you like RPGs, like real time, um, non turn based RPGs, I think it could mm. be a really fun game. Yeah, I mean, I'm sort of. I think I'm in this. I'm in this sort of position right now where I'm like, I, when I started playing this game, I was 100% on board, and then as I continued playing it, I I had this sort of feeling of like, ah, I've kind of played things enough things like this that I don't need to continue playing this, and I'm not quite compelled by the story enough to sort of return to this game. Does that make sense? So it's like this kind of weird thing where I'm like, it's it started out, it had such high promise, but I want, like when we played Jimmy and the Pulsating Mass recently, like mm-hmm. I felt like that was a good recreation of a type of, you know, role-playing game that I would like, but there was there were additional elements to it that felt different and unique and created more gameplay sort of stuff than, sure. uh, than I wanted. And this game I think had cool puzzles in it. And I'm always happy when a game's got like compelling puzzles inside of it, but that doesn't necessarily give me this sort of like follow through, like as far as the games that we were playing in this thing, this was one where I kind of came back to it and, and every time I came back to it, like, because I wanted to come back to it and really like it. And then there were these elements to it that I was like, eh, it's not enough. I, I did encounter spikes. There was a dude that shoots spikes at you that come up <laughs> to the ground. And uh, this passes my spike test. Absolutely. Those spikes came up in a very lethal way. If those spikes <laughs> came up and hit you, that that would hurt you. It would take your hearts away. It could kill you. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of good... Um, good game stuff coming in here hana i'm gonna give this a play for you but i'm gonna give it a pass for me like if like i know that this would be a play for you this one's gonna be a pass and it's a nuanced it's a really soft pass like it's very interesting because i think we are starting to uncover what a pass means for you more and more you know like for me a play is like yeah this is a this is a game like worthy of your time you know what i mean like yeah it's it's like a binary thing for you it's much more like a nuance like you know is this some like it, does this say enough for me personally to want to to play it, which is important. I I, I do like that. Well, and there's so like that, there's so much there's so much out in the world, right? There's yeah. so many games as, in the world as, as we're learning I, through this uh, bundle. And I mean, it's it's funny. You guys have obviously been at this for a while. <laughs> and, and there are a lot of games. So you know, if I think I would have probably a different point of view if i was playing as many games as you guys were playing oh yes yes no but it's also it's something like this is cool like so much mm-hmm. of these games for me i come back to it's like it's i fucking love that like some dude made a, his version of zelda yeah 100 yeah, percent. what it is 100 percent. to me that's almost always a play like uh pass for me is usually much more of a critical thing um or it's like i couldn't play it sort of a thing you know well there's um, something interesting also that this game harkens back for me and especially when I first start playing it, you know, is that it's those games that you stumble upon in really, really, really weird ways. Mm. And you don't really get that a lot with like modern things, but you know, yeah. into Mac OS, if you were to open up the sort of terminal, there's there's a RPG built into every Mac operating system and every Unix based operating system <laughs> from from the dawn of Unix. 
some guy wrote like this 10 hour long RPG into consoles and it's just it's like a hidden code that's always just keeps getting passed down through every iteration uh -huh. of, of stuff and it's just crazy to me like there's just some guy who was bored at Berkeley and he just decided to write an RPG into Unix. Yeah, I mean, so funny. I remember yeah. like times in my life where like I ended up getting, you know, somebody got a new console or whatever, right? And so I inherited, you know, a stack full of games or whatever, or like a stack full of floppy disks. And it's like, all right, let's let's sort of see what's on here. I think if I stumbled upon this game in real life, in like a moment when there was nothing else to play, I would have played through this entire game in its entirety. Hmm. But that's if there was nothing else to play. <laughs> well, that's, I think, a good place to leave it. Let's move on to the next game, which is Dogs Throwing Swords 2, Three Barks to the Wind. It's a action uh, game with bullet hell elements that has dogs to shoot them up. It's a single-player uh, side-scroller. It's developed by Rook. Uh, the mysterious horned devil Aurelia has been causing mischief in the dogwoods. Three heroes have been chosen to take a stand and put an end to her tyranny. Choosing guide a team of three dogs and lead those best friends to victory over the devil Aurelia. Each dog has its own unique strengths. Avoid enemy attacks and maximize your firepower by shifting and rotating your dogs. Keep them safe as long as possible so the forest can be free for all once more. Yeah, so th <laughs> this, this game is is very silly. I, it, it's got it's basically the game design is basically like those. Um, like star fighter shooter like yeah, arcade it's the side scrolling sort of thing yeah where it's just so sort of going like up and up and down instead of left to right. right exactly yeah. yeah like where you're flying a thing your thing is shooting and like you're trying to you know blow up things before they blow you up kind of thing it's sort of moving like maneuvering through things uh as much as like it's so much more about like the dance between things right and then also at the very beginning you get to pick three different dogs <laughs> <laughs> maybe i picked corky every time same chris what'd you what'd you think about this one i man i, I loved the the sort of into the game which is the dogs uh, the gameplay was just sort of kind of boring to me. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I don't like the shifting and the rotating of the dock. It, you know, I think now that you're explaining it, like that it, it's sort of like supposed to be the spaceship games. Uh -huh. uh, I hated those games. Like, I don't know. That specific <laughs> top down, like going, that's scrolling up and you sort of have a certain number of lives. I just, it just annoyed, annoyed me as a kid. And that, those are the type of games you'd always play in an arcade when you're eating pizza. And it was sort of, those games just always got me because they always got my money. And I like it. Yeah, it's definitely like an arcade-type like game, right? Like the only times there's, – there's two times in my life where I find myself playing these games. One is you end up in an arcade, right? And uh, I know that um, – Crawford's. The last time I went to Crawford's, you know, the bar oh, in before uh, before everything shut down, they've got one of these, and uh, you know, I'll go and wait for a bud and put a quarter in and and play, you know, one of these sort of shooty spaceshipy games. And then the other time, the one time in my life that I got really into a game like this was when somebody um, programmed it on my TI eighty three. So like in the middle of math <laughs> class, I think. Uh, 
you know, freshman year of high school, I played a ton of a game like this. And it's all about like getting the power ups and like making your spaceship very cool and shooty. I don't understand why these things are dogs. Yeah, it didn't make sense to me. Well, I think that that to me that's the whole thing is like the the this game is just like a very silly little thing. It's the closest I think approximate, even though it's not really fair, is like Borb the Bird. You know what I mean? That game we played mm. in the past. It's just uh, don't don't think too much about it. Yeah, you know? very very you hard know? disagree. Borb the Bird was a classic. <laughs> it was a, just a this fucking game... rock and roll like primo. <laughs> This game takes 10 minutes to play. It's You play it through. It's very, very fun. It's light. You're playing these different things. You can go back through and play some other stuff. But I played it in one sitting. was like, okay, that was fun. You know, time to go on with the rest of my life. Like, I, I'll, I'll never play it again. There's no there's no reason to. But it, the docs are cute. And the gameplay, uh, I'm with you, Chris. There's nothing, like, especially compelling about it. But it's not like it's broken or it doesn't work. Uh, I don't think it passes the spike test, unfortunately, Eric. I'm sorry. Hey! Uh, first, I need to know what the spike test is. Okay, so, like, important. Look, the spike yeah. test is this. It, you know, you can only get killed by spikes in one direction, right? Like, that's just how spikes work. Spikes are designed to be lethal from one direction, and one, and that's towards the spike. If I walk into a spike, I ain't gonna die. I ain't gonna sure, die. You walk- you walk in the side of the spikes, you shouldn't well, die. That's it should get hurt. Fundamentally just, positioned. What if you, well, if there's running, what's the, what if there's running involved? <laughs> like if you run, so, like, okay, you take like some sort of bludgeoning damage yeah. <laughs> or trip. <laughs> <laughs> just like, yeah, I want to see people trip and fall onto spikes. In more. Games, tripping, the tripping element in games. I think you could also just like you can make spikes come off of the spikes. Like I don't know why there's people don't just make spikes come off of the spikes. Like spike, like spike spikes. The spike, yeah, just spike, like like a spike spikes on spikes on spikes. spikes, on spikes. Um, right. So I, I'm I'm gonna just gonna say because you know there, there's there's nothing I think this game doesn't really like uh, merit like a, a really long conversation. The dogs are cute. The <laughs> gameplay is fine, and uh, there's only two levels. You can beat it in a second. Uh, g- give it a play if that sounds fun to you. But, oh, if you uh, beat I, the second level, then you win. Yeah, that's it. I, 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 just, mean, it, I like died in the boss and was like, I'm good. I can't, in all consciousness, can say this is like a, a must play or something like that. It's probably a pass, but it's cute. Like, give it a shot. You know, if you if you want to just like spend a couple minutes fucking around with something. You know, and also it's a sequel, and they're making <laughs> a prequel. There we go. <laughs> Chris, what do you think? You pass or play? I will pass. I I feel like there might be, there's probably better games to play. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I mean, like, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give it a play. I'm gonna give it a play because because wow. uh, you guys all gave it a pass, and I think it deserves at least one pass. I but I came in expecting to give it a pass. <laughs> I don't know why these dogs are throwing swords, but it's it's like yeah, it you're right, Hobbit. It's cute. It's a you know totally acceptable game. Yeah, nothing. If, good, if, if the description of dogs like throwing swords sounds fun to you, this will be fun for you. You know, for a second. Or two. <laughs> um, which brings us to this last game, which uh, man, I I was not expecting this. Uh, oh was, no, bleed. But bleed too. It's an action. It's a 16-bit arcade boss battle, difficult, fast-paced female protagonist, local co-op, pixel art, procedural generation, shoot 'em up uh, from Boot Disc Revolution. Uh, bleed Two is a relentless arcade action game featuring air dodging, bolt reflecting, and tons of bosses. Uh, now includes the randomly generated endless mode too. Rin is the world's greatest and only remaining hero. Help her battle an invading force of villains and live up to her title as the greatest hero of all time. 
Wow. So I, I saw the art for this and was like, oh, God, another one of these fucking games we got to play. Uh-huh. <laughs> the, the second you open up, even the menu design and the soundtrack, everything, I'm like, whoa, this is actually much more polished and like interesting than I thought it was. Oh, yeah. And then when you start playing it, the art style and everything, I'm just like, oh, this is a real and very good game and i'm excited to play some more of it. so fucking fun bleed too you're running around people are shooting stuff at you you're shooting at them you've also got a katana uh it's got like that very like this is when i say you know when i say dog Stork swords has like that arcade game element and it's kind of like a oof. this has like that arcade game element but like has that like Oh, yeah. Like, this has that feeling. Navy Pier in Chicago used to have an arcade in it, and we would go with my buddy and play uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, in time. Turtles in time. Mm. That one. And it just had a ton of fun, you know, kind of playing through a game like that. And this isn't isn't really like that style of game, but it has – it's like it reminds me of, like, having so much fun in a type of game – like that as a kid yeah it reminded me a lot of the x-men game yeah like, mm. like four people like playing at the same time but it was like the x-men game times 10 and <laughs> i mean just because like the speed at which you're playing the game too oh um, yeah you can play the game yeah and it also had this sort of like sonic the hedgehog feel to it too. uh-huh yeah you know? it, it was like it combined a lot of really awesome arcade elements that i do like and none of the fluff there's not a lot of fluff in the game. Oh no, it's no, just no, it no. sort of goes. It's I mean I really like the the mouse um you know direction arrows like uh element to it, like being able to control like to have a side scroller where you're controlling your your shooting with the mouse is like super fun. The fact that you can triple jump, I mean like Yeah. That's great. Like and reflecting me- and I and you start using the reflection elements as part of the gameplay. And it took me a while to realize that that was a big part of it. You know, like you double, if you, if you single click, you get the reflection. Yeah. The, your katana. The katana. Yeah. Also like, ah, like the fact that like, there's no reason why they had, why they needed to put in a fact that like you can do bullet time and like slow-mo. In it, like you really didn't need that in the game, but it's just so fun to just be like, okay, I'm gonna go into slow motion now. Like it's just like it's a game that is very much like fun from like start to finish. It reminds me a lot. uh, It's in my mind like the two games together. I'm sure there's like better descriptions of the two, but it's sort of like the Metal Slug games meets Mega Man. If that makes sense. Or like Vector Man. It reminded me a ton of Vector Man. Right, right, right. Like there's just like these elements. You are like moving through a level, and most of it is like shooting things. There is like some like sort of platformy puzzling kind of stuff, but not really very much. Mm -mm. And the point is, you just move fast, and they give you. I didn't play for long enough to unlock like the additional abilities, but my guess is that like you learn more, you earn more stuff. But from the beginning, you're not like limited in your movement. You feel like you can move fast and quickly and kill a lot of things, and it's just that's you just start doing that really fast. And oh you're yeah, just, you're just going for it. Uh, it's cool. There's also like a goofy, uh, like news anchor flower and the news anchor flower who's like describing what's happening and is like who's this blonde haired guy why is he helping us right now uh and then like gets like super angry <laughs> like it's these 
angry eyebrows. Uh, and it's it's like every time it pops up, you're like, oh, okay, this is fun. It's like just enough um, like humor. And also like it's it's not necessarily trying to be it doesn't feel like it's trying to be funny, but it is really funny that like half of the time this flower news anchor is like angry yelling at you to like stay tuned. <laughs> like we have a new hero now. She is Eric, saving us. I think to your point earlier too, this is a game where it's like they innovate on this version, like games like this enough yeah. to make it compelling, to make you want to come back and play more of it because it's not, it, you know, we've seen stuff like this before, mm-hmm. but they do it in such a way that you really want to come back and, like, fuck around with it some more. It feels different from the other games in the genre. Yeah, no, I mean, this was definitely the one where I was like, oh, you know, I played them, you know, a, a little while ago, and then today I spent most of the time playing this game again, right? Because it was like, this is the one that was fun. This was the one that I wanted to beat. Yeah. It you know, whatever it is, like whatever kind of ADHD or whatever that I have that makes me go like, oh, this is cool, fast, and like lots of shooting, run around, jump, super fly through the air, get away from rockets. It's like, ah, this is great. This is like what I want to be doing in a game. It was a fun game. I I also love the idea of it being like completely randomly generated too, like the endless mode. I don't know if you guys played the endless mode. Oh, no, no, I didn't do that. The idea that this game, because it's so fast-paced that it just could go on forever, <laughs> and you could just be running through and shooting and fighting. and Oh, yeah, it's, that's, that's cool. great. I also, um, like, I played it on easy mode. Do you guys, when you're offered kind of the the possibility for, like, easy mode or, or you know, difficult or normal, what do you usually take? What do you gravitate easy. towards? Easy? So I want to see, I want to see what the game is. Like, you want to have, like, a little bit of the taste. Yeah. You know? I played this one on normal for a little bit, and uh, it got you know I I ran into some problems pretty quickly, uh, so I should have played it on easy. But my my usual is typically normal. It was it was because I'm not a goddamn baby like you two. Now playing it on easy mode was like eating pound cake. It was just delicious <laughs> and fun nice. and satisfying. Like I and and it does make me want to go back and be like, oh, what is this like on normal mode? What is this like on hard mode? It also like creates. It's so funny. Like imagine you know the unfortunate state of being somebody who creates something with like multiple different modes that nobody wants to go back and try to play (laughs) (laughs) like this is like oh this had an easy normal and hard and it deserves to have all of those different modes in that different programming because i want to go you know in there again and and just have a good time well i also think that speaks to you to the amount of games that like are are just not worth our time. I think, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I mean, even modern like RPGs that people have spent three hundred million dollars making. Yeah, are playing it, and you're like, why did I spend this money? Why well, there's a- did I spend this time? I think there's also this element that's like where people feel like they need to create this um this like fabricated sort of progression going on. So like you start an RPG and you like can't do anything right off the bat but i think and i think that people are in some ways forgetting that like sometimes you don't need to like create a fake progression where your character 
you know, gets new power-ups or anything. Like, you can make a fun game where you kind of have all of the elements at your disposal from the beginning. And then, like, what's fun is, like, how am I now interacting with the world? Like, what new kind of bad things are you throwing at me? And I think that, like, people sometimes go, like, oh, you know, you've got to have, like, this really long drawn out exposition right and you're gonna walk around and try to like oh you finally found the like the stick cool good luck have fun like swapping things with the stick like but at some point you're gonna get like the super gun sword but like right now you got the stick here's how you use the stick (laughs) there um you know uh chris have you played the game hades at all by any chance i you know i keep keeps coming up it's really weird. I keep seeing it everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it came out pretty recently on the Switch, and so it's having, like, I think the official uh, version came out. It's been in early access for two years, but the last couple of uh, times we've recorded, that's, like, the game I've been putting all my time into, and it's very interesting because, like, that game gets progression so unbelievably right mm. that it, it really, like, echoes what Eric is saying right now of, like, you you know, like, what's the point of doing progression very much anymore when there is so much variation out there? There's so much that we can actually play. And when you play something that does it that well, it's like, what the fuck have I been doing, like, like <laughs> progression the rest of my life when, when it actually, like, speaks really well and sings? It's so much fun. And most of the time, it's just a massive drag. So I'm totally with you, Eric. Like, prog- like a lot of times people forget that like the, the game is not necessarily the progression to get to where you want to be. Sometimes it's just fun to start fucking playing right away. Oh yeah. Just go and you can make games. I mean like, right. It's like what you were saying, Chris, where sometimes the story is the thing that is compelling to you, right? Like that's the thing that makes the game a thing that gets you in there. And sometimes it's just sort of like, like there's nothing. I remember when we, first like one of the first games we played was that um the gaelic one where it was about um anxiety right and it was a text-based game where it also had these fantasy uh text-based elements yeah right i think that that game was was good and fun and it was cool and it was cool that it um chose to deal with kind of you know a, a higher sort of tension idea right the idea of anxiety um, and tried to illustrate that in some way. And I think that there's a lot of times where people swing for the highfalutin idea and they forget that, like, actually making a fun game is sometimes <laughs> great <laughs> and worth yeah. it. Like, that's sometimes what you should be doing is, like, make a thing that's fun. And yeah. this one is like, oh, off the bat, I'm having fun. Going to have fun until I stop playing this game and want to come back. Like, I got to a point where I, I couldn't figure out how to beat this, like, weird ball of energy that had little tiny metal rockety things around it. And I just could not figure out how to hit it correctly. But I'll probably go back and do it. It's interesting how mechanics... there's so many different ways in with video games and you know as someone who's someone who is like strictly very computer-based for a very long time you know those mechanics were always like me by myself you know Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people with video game consoles for them it was like oh it's me and my friends we're just sitting around playing video games Mm -hmm. and i think there's another element to that and which is interesting because of the pandemic right like we're playing these video games by ourselves mostly unless we're playing it 
you know, like these specific types of games we're playing kind of by ourselves. Yeah. Um, but if this was another time in the 90s specifically where, you know, people were gathering around the console as their sort of nightly fun, or we were at an arcade, it's yeah. really interesting how these games translate so much differently to those type of scenarios mm-hmm. and hanging out with people too. And it's funny that I could, I was not expecting to have as much fun with this game as I thought I would be. Yeah, totally. You know, I did not think I was going to continue to play for, like I played it probably for an hour and a half and I did not think I was going to play for an hour and a half. Oh yeah. And it's definitely a game where like, if you played it for an hour and a half, like you played a lot of that game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like there's some games like the, I mean like the Zelda game, you could play that one for an hour and a half and feel like you haven't really played very much of it. This is one where it's like, like pound cake, right? Like cake. It's Mm -hmm. like, uh, I played this game for an hour and a half, and that feels very long. <laughs> uh, but it's well, probably uh, too much pound cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, the the I think we all are in a specific place with it. But I, for me, I'm a play for this one for sure. Definitely yeah, how about you? Chris? Yeah, play. I also I'm definitely a play. Uh, I also. You know, there's nothing like the feeling of like having a tiny sliver of health left and like really just seeing how long you can ride out a tiny sliver of health <laughs> against the boss. Like I, I forget about that, like that little feeling of pleasure where you're like, everything is kind of heightened and you're like, oh, I got to play this out. I got to do this. I got to try and win before they get, they hit me one more time. I play so much better when that's, ah, it, this game is so fun. Play it, play bleed too. I don't know anything about bleed one, but play bleed too. You can actually get bleed two on a couple different systems. It's on the switch. It's on PS4. It's here on itch.io. So there's a lot of, uh, it's, it's out there. It was uh, recognized as a, uh, good game and you can play it on a lot of different platforms. <laughs> I, I feel like this would be fun on the switch. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 If you like Enter the Gungeon, if you like Gungeon, oh, then yeah. uh, then this is definitely in the same kind of world. Did, this game um, also reminded me a lot of this game called Flashback. Did you ever guys ever play that game? No. Um, Flashback is a very slow version of this game, and it's very much like story driven. <laughs> but but it has the same mechanic of sort of like bosses too. It's oh, like yeah. a side scroller just like this. It's like if a side scroller met like mist plus like like the the gunfighting of this a little bit. Oh, that's cool. Which, yeah, uh, it's an old game and also on. Twitter. Oh, I I do know this game, the original yeah. one. This game is is wild. Yeah. It's much much slower, but it's very cool. Yeah, it's sort of like Prince of Persia kind of a thing. Ooh. Sort of, yeah. It's Prince of Persia meets cyberpunk. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I wish I wish this game was like that game was as fast as Bleed Two. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, uh, can we plug anything for you? Anything going on that, that anything, we can plug? Oh man, uh, I'm working on this horror movie that I'm I'm getting ready to shoot called Assimilated. Cool. And uh, that's that's the I just I just got a grant to shoot this hey, like, horror film. Congratulations! And uh, I'm really excited about it. It's about uh, this this uh young latinx woman who comes find it come home comes home to find her parents have lost their accent and it's <laughs> it's a it's a terrifying little horror film cool yeah i think that's the plug for me i mean there you know are. hey 
go watch Wayne Brady on Funny or Die. <laughs> you like Wayne Brady? <laughs> Oh, baby. Oh, wow. Alex, I think that you and I are really good at this. Hachimama. <laughs> Was that, is that the decided upon re- no, response? No, we haven't or decided yet. I think it. the hunt for the catchphrase continues. Hachimama, it, it, I it, like it. it's good, but it didn't hit quite the way I was hoping. <laughs> I got the response from you I wanted, but it, it didn't sit with me right when I said it. No, maybe it said... Uh, that Korean street food that you ate earlier that's not sitting. Yeah, man. I made uh, some like a, a rice cake stew with a ton of like, it was really spicy, which was awesome. But my internal temperature is super elevated. I just have a ton of carbs sitting in my stomach right now. I've been drinking green tea like crazy, trying to amp myself up. Riding on your recumbent bike with your hands. Just <laughs> full speed. Fit, like, you know, flying through the thing. Um <laughs> Let's talk about next week. Uh, we've got Andrew Haywood, another uh, wonderful friend of Eric's on the pod. Um, so stoked. Really yeah, excited. He's a he's great. Uh, that was a really, really cool conversation. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear, speaking of sleepy me, I'm kind of sleepy over that one. Uh, so you get to hear Eric and Andrew uh, really <laughs> do some really good work and like me sort of like like fumble my way through a podcast. So get, get excited for that. Uh, uh yeah let's pick the what are the games for next week they are cycle 28 from pillbug interactive and no dice Ooh. an action shooter and yet it moves a platformer from broken rules uh gyo memo virus a card game puzzle simulation from Rapture and vefabian 21 Ooh. and Hive time a simulation game from cheeseness and mimness Sweet. That's it. Um, right. We we hope you'll join us for that pod and every pod ever we do. Uh, Hachi Mama. I love you, Alex. I love you, Eric. And we'll catch you next week. Okay, bye. Bye. Bundle Buddies is produced by Alex Honnett and Eric Roth. Our theme song is Neo Shiki by Roll Music. Email bundlebuddiespodcast at gmail to say hi or track us down on the web at bundlebuddies, bundle underscore buddies on Twitter. Whoop.